What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Listen, I'm not going to dwell on this too long, but we're, we're redoing the entire episode. So, uh, the, you know, egg on my face if you actually caught it before. Now I look like even more of an asshole because it gets to rehear the exact same things. I changed my settings over here. The Optimum people have talked to the Spirit Airlines people. They Everyone's just trying to come after me. They see that things are good things are going on in my life, that I'm going to be going over to Europe and opening up for Dave and Louis J. Gomez, along with Zach Amico. So uh, if you're living out in the Europe's, the Londons, the Belfast, the Amsterdam's, come party with us. We're there all weekend. Then I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. DJ Dad shirt opening up for me in Las Vegas. That's going to be a party. And then I'm off to San Diego. Good things are happening. RobbieTheFire.com. Get yourself some tickets. Come hang out. Summer Porch Tour is still in session. You thought summer was over, but it's not. Okay, listen, if for some reason the audio or whatever's fucked up, we're recording locally this time, so we're just doing it. We're doing the episode. You can let me know if uh, for some reason you're hearing staticky, you're hearing bad stuff. Don't don't matter. We're doing start to finish, 20-minute quick episode, already being rehearsed because we did half of it, so things are going to be smooth. I'm going to be in my head like, hey, I already said that, and you're like, but I'm first downloading the episode for the first time. Well, usually it takes a couple minutes before you get this kind of manic energy going, but that's because we're already 10 minutes into the episode. We're 10 minutes deep already. Well, you know what we got to start doing for the Run Your Mouth podcast? We got to do the pre-show live stream where you just, I, I bullshit and I get nice warmed up and flowing and then we just delete that and then get full fucking chaotic energy, especially if, uh, if you get your Spirit Airlines or your Optimums fucking with you. So anyways, welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We've got a full episode coming. The audio flakes out. Just go catch it later on Spotify when I put up the uh, full video from uh, from my stuff. But it's nice to be back to YouTube for now, courtesy of uh, Andrew, who has built this new platform, which will be the only home for live chat in the future. But for now, all of my content has been archived, so we can take some risks, baby, and hang out here. All right, that's it. Let's get into the episode because we do have quite a bit to cover, and let's start with the situation in the Middle East. Of course, you've got Biden, who is flying over there. Well, actually, he's already there. He went out there. He wanted to show his support, and uh, just send a check. Just send a check. You don't have to actually show up in person. No one, no one, they just, that, that's all they really want. They just want the money. It's like when you're throwing a party and someone just did, did, there's nothing better than the guy doesn't show up. You didn't have to buy his plate of food and he sends you a check. Isn't it kind of offensive though, that he's willing to go all the way over there? Remember how long it took us, took him to just go check out our border. You guys remember that one when it was three years of, uh, Hey, how come Biden doesn't want to look on the border? I think if anything, he went to Israel just to further mock us to go, look, these border walls don't even work. I've been trying to tell you guys that the whole time. That's why I didn't go down there and inspect the fact that there were just people pouring over and that it would look naturally like if you just put something there. But if anything, this is the proof is in the pudding that I just went there myself and uh, look, they're not even working. And so you got Biden flying all the way over to Israel just to show his support, which I guess it's like uh, it's like one of those 5K walks that all your friends are like, hey, I'm going to walk in a circle. Give me some money. So Biden, it's the uh, staircase walk for awareness. He's going over to the Middle East and showcasing, listen, I'll climb these stairs, I'll come downstairs, I will show you guys that when it comes to the Jews over in the Middle East, you guys you guys got my money. I'm, I will show up in person to make sure that you guys don't feel like we're going to abandon you. And is there anything that probably makes you feel worse about a situation than Biden showing up in person? Do you guys think that's more reassuring? When Biden actually shows up in person and goes, I flew all the way here so that I could tell you in person, where am I? Are you my mother? 
Looks like looks like uh, Netanyahu is doing most of the work in this hug. I look at these pictures. Doesn't it seem like our people must call ahead to the world leaders beforehand and go, listen, when he gets off a plane, you got to give him a hug and whisper into his left ear where he is. He's going to be a little bit lost. He's going to be a little bit confused. We explained to him ahead of time, listen, there's going to be stairs. All you got to do is focus on getting down those stairs. And once you get down the stairs, someone's going to give you some instructions. And I bet Netanyahu whispered into his ear, you're supposed to give us more money. That's what they said. They said you were going to fly over. Because I'm watching uh, Biden now, and he's practically falling asleep in front of these TV cameras. It's literally a guy in his deathbed where you got to tug at the sheets just to get the reaction. Go, Grandpa, I'm in the room. I came to pay you a visit. And this feels like this is the last chance for Israel to get in the will. They're like, listen, I know you had like that little thing going with Ukraine for a little bit, but we're, we're the better son over here, and so we got to make sure that uh, that we're getting the money. Or maybe Biden's been getting old, and he's like, I don't want to be sitting. I want to be in the front row for World War III. We're ramping up with Iran. Uh, we're threatening them. They're threatening us, and uh, I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines for this kind of action. All right, here's the other thing I'd like to point out from looking at this picture of Biden seemingly being confused as to why he's being hugged by Netanyahu. Looks looks particularly lost in this picture. But look just past Biden's shoulder. You see that little tubby creature floating around in the background? Here's a new conspiracy theory for you people. How many Brian Stelters are out there? Remember that scene in Spaceballs when he's sitting on the plane? He goes, how many assholes are on this thing? Sir, they're all assholes. How many, how many deep state Brian Stelters are out there? Does he have multiple siblings and brothers? Do they uh, clone the dumbest version of human beings in some sort of a CNN lab to get out there and pontificate the uh, deep state propaganda and just poor policy decisions? If, if you went into the Pentagon tomorrow, is there a whole wing of just Brian Stelters walking around having some circle jerk of bad decisions? All right. And now the latest, the big storyline was, of course, you had the hospital that was uh, that was bombed. Uh, you had that big uh, explosion of hospital. Now everyone on Twitter is a forensic investigator. Everyone can recognize bomb sounds, trajectories. Everyone's at home. It's like uh, the kids that were uh, science nerds and listened to too much cereal. Everyone can figure out everything. You know, you watch enough of these open case cold murders and it's incredible what the people of Twitter can figure out within 24 hours. They can look at sight lines, they can look at the drone footage, they can operate off of sonar sounds. Uh, you got all sorts of craziness going on. And so this was from The Week magazine. Uh, let's read the one line. Israel sent an errant missile fired by a second Palestinian military group hit the facility. Israel's claiming that there's a second Palestinian militant group, and they're the ones that struck at it. And if that's true, it sounds like Israel better figure out how to get along with some Hamas because there's some other group out there that's just blowing up the hospitals. Remember as we were talking about what are they going to do if you ended up with some sort of a crazy power vacuum? Well, apparently Hamas is the better of the two uh, militant groups because the other one will just fire the missiles at the hospitals. Or Isn't that going to be all of a sudden there's a third person to blame? They, they, they got bored of blaming each other, and now there's some third group that you can just point fingers to. But, you know, Biden's over there, voice of reason in the room, just letting <laughs> that it appears to be the other team 
I love that. We, we supposedly the best intelligence in the entire world, and what we can come up with is that it appears to be the other team. And uh, you know, it's it's nice that everyone is just viewing this as team sports at at this point. Uh, here was another quote from Joseph Biden. If history has taught us again and again that anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and all hate are connected, we have to reject hate in every form. I don't often agree with Biden, but yes, I guess violent towards someone, if you're violent towards someone, they're probably going to be violent back, uh, which seems to strike at the non-workableness of this entire thing, which we're going to get to later, because I don't want to pontificate about what I don't quite know about. But speaking about what I don't quite know about, I do always get interested in the geopolitics of this stuff. You know, everyone's trying to parade around the reasons why they're doing these things. And then a lot of times it's that these, uh, the elites, the people with all the power, they don't want to have to compete with other people. And so they'll blow up pipelines because they want to make sure that the natural gas industry over here is making more than the natural gas industry over there. And so sometimes, you know, they're pretending like things are not just uh, grabbing resources in different regions and trying to pretend like they need things. And uh, with that said, this was from the Wall Street Journal. It was just a single paragraph, and it was just uh, interesting to me. If you guys got good sources on the actual geopolitics, the, uh, the fact that we went into the Iraqs because all of the water in the region flows through Iraq. And so whoever, whoever's got control over Iraq actually has control of the whole Middle East or whatever the hell is going on in Israel. Maybe that actual Temple Mount is a direct thing with God and there's ancient powers there. And that's why we need to be aligned with the Israelis and not the Palestinians. I don't know what kind of mythic uh, uh, portals exist in Israel that we have to actually, when we go, maybe there's some truth every single time that they're telling us, hey, listen, uh, uh, a war with Israel would be a war with us, but I don't know, maybe there's some sort of a portal right from that Temple Mount into America that the Palestinians, if they took it over, they would just fall through the earth and end up here. I have no idea. The point I'm trying to say is if you have better sources on the actual geopolitics and what these world leaders really want to fight over and make sure that they have particular resources, I always find those storylines to be fascinating. And so this was from the Wall Street Journal, the war, the war also deals a blow to China's main Asian rival, India, which has grown much, much closer to Israel in recent years. In September, India and the U.S. announced plans for a transit corridor connecting India, the Middle East, and Europe that would run through the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Israel and become a rival to China's Belt Road project. But the talks on the normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, a key element of the plan, have been scuttled by the Gaza War. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal. They were basically talking about that in the past. Putin always seems to be getting Israel's back. China mostly stays out of this. But on this reporting, China's been refusing to call what the Gazans did when the terrorist invaded as being a terrorist attack. And uh, the recent language from Putin seems to not be taken as much of Israel's side. And so uh, is that what's going on here? Iran stepped in trying to end this Saudi Arabia trade deal. China and Putin are taking the sides of these other people because they want to make sure that the Silk Roads and their new initiatives are successful and that America gets boxed out of different trade routes. And this was from Reuters today. Putin praises dear friend Z pitches Russian northern sea route. There's something a little bit crazy, though, that in 2024, we're getting excited about finally we can travel by sea. Finally, thanks to the efforts of the Chinese Communist Party, we can have direct sea routes. 
You would have thought we'd be above that by now. You would have thought, I don't know, you guys can't float more balloons to get things into areas? How come there isn't more balloon travel? Is balloon travel that much slower and more inefficient? I've always heard that like sea travel is the most inefficient way to get somewhere. I've never heard that. I just said it like I've heard that. I heard it once when I was drunk on a boat that, and it wasn't even a good boat. It was someone's shitty motorboat that I worked like as an intern in an insurance company once. And some guy's like, we're going to go get hammered on my boat. And I was like, okay, I'll get hammered. It was like a small little swimming boat. And then the guy was like, really like revving the motor. And I was a jack because I thought I jumped off because it was fun and the thing was moving. And I was trying to impress this one lady and she was impressed. But then I was too much of a nervous, uh, Jewy little kid to even make a move. But let's just shove all that to the side. While I was on the boat, the guy once told me, hey, you know, this boat gets like two miles to the gallon and that boat travel is the most inefficient form of travel on earth and then that just went into my brain as being a fact as if i had read it in foreign affairs or i mean not that foreign affairs is the most credentialed or reliable of all world information but i guess uh, it's like i opened up the encyclopedia britannic and it said the most important facts that you could possibly know and i lodged it in there as if it was completely factually accurate and then just related to you as if it was entirely factually accurate and the point i'm trying to make is i have no idea whether or not that was true uh but you know what i do know is true you go to yokratum.com you can get a kilo of kratom for just 60 dollars every single time you're never gonna find that one to be wrong all right let's take a couple uh um uh comments in the chat and let's move on to the next topic all right um so trump has a new gag order coming his way. This is from CNN. Trump does not have the right to say and do exactly what he pleases. Judge Chutkin says issuing a gag order. And it's got to be tough to be Trump right now because, uh, you know, your whole thing is that you just talk shit. That's what you do. You trash on people. You go, that's fake news. You go, the system's corrupt. And now all of a sudden when there's rules about who and when you can trash them and gag orders and this, I mean, once you're stepping on tippy toes, once you're already trying to think about whether or not you can or can't say what you're going to say, that's got to throw off his entire game. And then they try and say, oh, it's not political. We're not trying to slow down this guy's campaign. We're not going after him because he's trying to run for president, even though all these all these lawsuits that have been on the table seem to ramp up exactly when the election season starts. But man, this must uh, this must really disrupt Donald Trump's flow. He's like, I can't shit on the closet lady. The old hag who's claiming she had sex. I can't say that that's, you know what I mean? Like Trump, his whole thing is that you just roll with it. Whatever your thought is, you trash this guy, you trash that guy. I do enjoy how mad he is over his buildings though. He's like, I worked hard so that I could rip people off and throw my name up on the New York City skyline. And uh, that one seems to be getting to him more than the might go to prison for January 6th stuff. Or maybe it's that he hasn't actually shown up for those court cases and felt the uh, the magnitude of, I guess, the possibility that he could go to jail. But my God, does he seem pissed about these buildings? Uh, so gag orders, I believe they limit your ability to talk about court cases Uh, And to me, they're the highest magnitude of bullshit. They make zero sense other than as a way for corrupt courses to hide their own corruption. Because let's say you were a magnificent restaurant with beautiful, beautiful food. Would you ban Instagram bitches from coming in there and taking pictures of the beautiful food that they're not going to eat? 
or they're just going to pick at it. That's what that's what hot chicks do. They just pick at food. They're like, I don't understand how you can eat this deep fried this and the oysters and the French fries. And don't you want to have sex later and not have to worry about having all this stuff in your stomach? But for some of they eat like one meal a day. They pick at like three things. And you're like, I guess this is how you remain good looking. Other people pay for the food. And so you don't feel like you have to eat all the food. Anyways. We weren't trying to rant about these Instagram women taking pictures of their food. What we're trying to talk about is if you have a restaurant and you've got amazing food in your restaurant, would you want people to not take pictures and post that food online? Is that the way you would operate? You go, hey, I cooked that steak to perfection. You don't take a picture of that thing. Why don't these courts have confidence in what they're doing that they would want it publicized? If you're punishing a guy for doing something that was wrong. If you're allotting fair justice, and part of justice is preventing other people from going out there and doing crimes because they know that they're going to be punished for it, why wouldn't you take pride in this? Why would you ever put a gag order on a criminal ever? If a criminal wants to go out there and they want to complain left and right about the fact that the justice system serviced them wrong, who cares? They are advertising the fact that they got in trouble. You should feel good for the fact that you uh, that you punished a person who you felt was guilty and it should be advertising for the justice system of look criminals don't get away with it look this guy's out there and he's complaining and he's saying that the system wasn't fair but he got what he deserved why is it that the uh why is it that you will do exactly what your business is which is allotting out justice justice but you won't let people talk about it unless it's that you don't feel good about what you're doing and you know that you're involved in corruption. And so part of the way of hiding your corruption is not allowing people to talk. How are gag orders not against, uh, you know, your, your right for free speech? How do you end up in a court case that someone, the, the government can just bring a faulty court case about you and then you're not allowed to speak out against, uh, uh, out against the process? And then, of course, the move that the government pulls is they go, well, we're just concerned for us. Let me tell you, the first time I was ever... That's once again inaccurate. Not the first time I was ever pulled over by a cop. I had an incident once. Might have talked about it on the show. I was stoned. Oh my God, was I stoned. And it was one of those moments where you're like, your friend's like, I got to get to the train. They're like, why didn't you tell me that before I just got rip-roaring high? And luckily, my friend had all the drugs on him. Drugs, you know, loose term, marijuana. No one cares about marijuana anymore. It's not even considered a drug. You're like a loser if you view it that way. So drop my friend off at the train station. We're driving out of nowhere, cop pulls me over. You know what this cop says to me? He looks at me and my other fat, chubby Jewish friend and goes, there's two of you and there's only one of me and it's late at night and I'm concerned for my safety. So I'm going to search your, your car for weapons. How much of a bitch are you, Mr. Cop, that you're concerned that two Jewish kids with zero training and you as an armed professional are somehow going to turn this situation around and attack you? Of course he wasn't concerned for his safety, but that's their bitch move that they always play. That's what they always do. We have concerns for our safety. Your words might lead to violence. Your this might lead to that. And so as concerns for the court, I don't understand. So you work in government. You're a fan of this entire governmental system. You're a fan of our justice system. You're a fan of the cops. And yet you you're so afraid that the fact that you work in a court, you can't be protected by any of the system that you seem to stand for, for someone to be able to just talk about what's going on in that courtroom. You really think that that's going to. So what you're doing is fair, reasonable and just. 
and you believe in the system and the cops and the whole system as a whole, but if someone were to just speak about their experience and being prosecuted, you know what I mean? And like, you know, to take the, with a grain of salt, the person being prosecuted, it's like, uh, a lady, uh, the fuck is beeping in here? Watch, like, the, the, the oven behind me is uh, is blowing up or something. Anyways, what was I trying to talk about? Something to do with, uh, something to do with court cases and, uh, courtrooms just being a bunch of bitches where it's always, uh, it's always some, uh, theoretical concern for safety that, you know, that's always the card that they play. As a concern for our safety, we're going to remove some of your freedom because the freedom that you have would somehow get in the way of my safety. All right, so let's take a look at some of the, uh, the quotes from this. The order restricts Trump's ability to publicly target court personnel, potential witnesses, or the special counsel and his staff. The order did not impose uh, restrictions on disparaging comments about Washington, D.C., where the jury will take place or certain comments about the Justice Department at large, both of which the government requested. This is not about whether I like the language Mr. Trump uses, Judge Tanya Chitkin said. This is about language that represents a danger to the administration of justice. Where's the court for that? Where's the other court case of what exactly is the danger to the administration of justice? What does that mean? You're in court. No one else is in the court. You're running the court. It's you and the jury. What exactly is the danger to the administration of justice? Firstly, can you define what the fuck that means? And then is there going to be some sort of other court case and where you have to actually prove that certain activities are a danger to the administration of justice? Where's that court case on what activities are specifically a dangers to the administration of justice? And by the way, what what happens if it turns out that Jack Smith is wrong? And that it turns out that, the, like, if Jack Smith turns out to be wrong, uh, then, I, I don't know, retroactively, was then Trump allowed to talk about it when he goes, hey, I think that this guy's corrupt? What if the judge ends up ruling at the end of the case, I don't even know why this case was brought before me because it made absolutely no sense, or can Donald Trump call Jack Smith a waster of the court's time? Because yesterday he got admonished for that. So is, is that allowed? Is, is Donald Trump allowed to actually just go, uh, uh, is he allowed to call Jack Smith a court waster? All right, let's read some more. His presidential candidate does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are simply doing their jobs. Everyone always references like that there was an earlier process that already establishes like the guy's just doing his job. His job was very specifically to go after Trump and figure out a reason to find him guilty. And then they start all this bullshit. And why why does Jack Smith get to go to the news and go, oh, prosecutors. This used to be a big uh, Spicer. Was that the guy's name? Uh, They're allowed to go to the news and make up claims about you before it's proved in court. Like you had Jack Smith, who was making all the claims that within this document there were nuclear materials, and now you got a new court case that seemingly seems to be that they set a trap on that stuff, and then and now they're going after Donald Trump for like turning off the video cameras and lying to his own lawyer, lawyers so that he can move this stuff around. But the prosecutors, they get to talk to the news, and they get to lie about these things to drum up uh, interest in their court cases. And what if their job is corrupt? You're not allowed to talk out against the corruption of the guy's job that he wasn't assigned on any other presidential candidate in human history, and that he seems to be bringing a bullshit case. Let's read some more uh, some more quotes from this. 
All right, this is still from uh, CNN. When you start using a word like thug to describe a prosecutor doing their job, that wouldn't be allowed by any other criminal defendant, Chutkin said. Just because the defendant is running a political political campaign does not allow him to do whatever he wants. She added, if the message Mr. Trump wants to express is my prosecution is politically motivated, he can do so without using highly charged language. Isn't this great? Basically, the judge is going, you know what? I'm going to teach Trump how to be boring. We've all said that we don't like the way that this guy talks. We don't like the language that he... How is this not censorship? How is that not a violation of someone's right to free speech? You're actually not even saying that he's not allowed to say that this isn't corruption. You're just policing the way that he wants to say it. Because if it's charged language, if it's charged... Wait, wait, you're saying if he actually uh, cares about this and uses language that might cultivate public support for him because what you're doing is fraudulent. He can't sell it. That's really what you're saying. He's allowed to have this point of view. He just needs to be boring with it and he can't really actually sell it for public support. How is that not censorship? How is gag, like how are gag orders even like, uh, I don't understand why they're not, uh, I guess I don't know constitutions that well. But it seems like the prosecutors, they put horrible things upon you and they go, listen, we'll make this a little bit better as long as you don't talk about what we did to you in here. Some fucking mafia shit. And then I guess it's because you're agreeing to it, uh, even though there's some elements of force and intimidation. Maybe it's you agreeing to limit your own uh, right to free speech. All right. I believe this might be from uh, a different source. I I, I don't think this is still from CNN, but I forgot to mark it. Uh, Trump earlier posted a fundraising pitch there before Chutka's really saying they decided to try and forcibly silence me and by extension our movement by imposing a court or uh, a court sanctioned GAD order order upon me. Laura made a similar point in court saying the Biden administration is seeking to censor a political candidate in the middle of a campaign. Even if Trump turns out to be guilty, uh, I feel like that's a pretty fair claim. You get the Justice Department's bringing court cases against you while you're running for president, you should be allowed to talk about that. In fact, if you're not allowed to talk about that, that probably needs to be corrected because otherwise you're opening up a huge pathway to corruption where the incumbent party might as well do whatever it can to bring false cases against you because they have the resources to do so. Worst case scenario, you get saddled with lawyer fees, you have to go to court a whole bunch of times, and if you're not even allowed to talk about the fact that it's corrupt, then I guess you're instantly guilty if you even say, hey, what the other side's doing is unfair. And then I guess if it all just turns out that you're innocent, hey, no harm, no foul. Like, you seem to be incentivizing whoever the incumbent party is to do this at all times. Why not try and get as many court cases as he can. Firstly, it's on the public purse, right? The Justice Department, the government lawyers are footing all the bills. So why not spend as much of the taxpayer money as possible to saddle your opponent, try and get him stuck as in much court as court cases as possible, and then you just make and then you say, oh, they can't even claim that what that this process is corrupt. They can't even call out the prosecutor. How, how is that a working system for freedom? All right, let's continue. 
Mr. Laura, let me stop you, Chutkin said, and Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant. He is facing four felony charges. There you go. You're already guilty. The fact that he's facing four felony charges, it means he's already guilty and doesn't have a right to free speech. He does not have the right to say and do exactly what he pleases. You know why? Because there's accusations. If there's four accusations in multiple court cases, it's not about us actually going through the system and then finding out that the guy's guilty. The fact that there's four cases going on, that means already he's lost his right to say. I mean, we haven't proved he's guilty yet, but he's already lost his right to free speech on account of the fact that there's four cases. Do you agree with that? That's now from the article. I know you guys aren't looking at the thing. Most of you are just listening. Laura said existing conditions of Trump's release included that he can't talk to witnesses or seek to influence their testimony were sufficient and working. That was the lawyer's response. All right. End of that topic. Uh, We will take a couple comments. But before we do... Guys, RobbieTheFire.com tour dates. Like I said, we got the uh, the Europe tour and some summer ports tours, San Diego's, and uh, SheathUnderwear.com. Use promo card ROIM. You get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. I've got eight hours on a flight coming up, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a sleeping pill. I'm going to drink some booze. I'm going to tuck my nuts into that into that little cupping sheep shelf thing. I'm going to put my wiener into that dick hole, and I'm not going to have to fidget with my balls for an entire flight. You try that with another pair of underwear, okay? Sheathunderwear.com, promo card RYM. Get yourself 20% off the greatest balls ever. Greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. And that way, if you ever got to take an eight-hour flight to Europe, you know, you just tuck it in, you take your sleeping pill, you go to bed, you don't have to fidget with your nuts. And you don't want to be one of these people that fell asleep on a plane but is still just uh, scratching at their nuts or whatever. All right, let's take a couple comments and uh, move on. Based, I take the day off for my birthday and I get to watch a rare live YouTube run your mouth. Facts, my friend. Based, any advice for a person who just turned 30? Um, I don't know. You got to come up with a more specific question. Uh, greatest balls ever. Thank you, sir. He's seen them. Uh, yeah, guys, we're, we're live in the YouTube. Thanks to my friend, Andrew, who backed up all of my content. So I feel a little bit more uh, comfortable being here without losing the entire historical record of my work, which is important to me and nobody else. But anyways, uh, and I recommend that if you're watching the YouTube live stream and you like the videos of the show, you can get the full video on Spotify. We go live to Odyssey. We also go live to Twitter and I will have a new platform shortly, which is going to have expanded features and uh, better chat options coming shortly. Um, But I don't know, maybe we'll occasionally come live to YouTube until the next strike and I get pissed off. Uh, All right. What do we got next? Um, We've got Greta Thunberg has been arrested once again, and she has slowly become the world's lamest badass. What has she been arrested like 45 times in 32 different countries? You're going to see a wanted poster for the notorious tree hugger Greta Thunberg. I mean, think about the stats of how many how many other international criminals do you know that have been arrested so many times in so many different places? What a great life. You just every weekend, what are your plans? I don't know. I'm going to go to some other country and get arrested. How does that work? You just constantly show up places, get arrested, and then just get re-released? That's a pretty good time. I don't know. I get Maybe you just get used to eating ham sandwiches. Get, you got you got the World Economic Forum behind you. Carl Schlob is your lawyer. And you're like, what are your plans? I'll go. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get arrested. Uh, Santa Claus is going to make a call, and I'll be out by the afternoon, two ham sandwiches later. All right. And now let's talk about the Winklevoss 
Butt Brothers. I don't know how much money you guys might have on Gemini. I don't know how much of it you might have had taken from uh, from uh, from the Earn program. But let's take a minute and let's dig into the Winklevoss Buck Brothers. Because I don't know if you know this about the two of them. But it used to be they would sit there, they'd be at home, and they would take turns fucking each other's asses. That's what would happen. They'd go, hey, no, you fucked my ass yesterday. It's my turn to fuck your ass. And be like, what are you talking about? You fucked my ass yesterday. You're just confused because we both look alike and you actually prefer to take it. And he's like, no, it was my turn yesterday because you fucked my ass yesterday. He goes, no, it's my turn. And then you go, you know what? Let's make a crypto platform and fuck everyone else in their asses. And so that's what they've been doing. And here you have it. Apparently, they pulled $282 million off that platform. I'm not sure if it was specifically from the urn or just to get it off of Gemini. And I'm, I'm, I'm riding the Winklevoss butt fucking to the end because, you know, not your keys, not your wallet, wallet, not your keys. I, I know I got to get my money off the exchange. I understand this, but uh, this is the latest. This is from New York Post. Customers outraged over Winklevoss twins' secret 282 million crypto withdrawal that they didn't tell anyone about. And you know who I blame in this? It's women. Mostly because they're easy targets, and why not? Why not? If you're going to take a moment and you're going to blame someone, Israel likes to just point the fingers at the Gazans. The Gazans like to point the fingers at the... Everyone's got to have a scapegoat. Or the newest scapegoat is whatever this new group is in the Palestinians. You know, the, it's it's not it's not even Hamas. Hamas isn't even the the bad guys anymore. There's some new secret super secret group. But no, here's why I blame women. Let's get back to focus here. It's because uh, it's the problem that I've discussed on this show, which is the delusion of people making decisions in nice rooms. You you sit in a nice enough room and you just feel entitled to make decisions, even if it means that you're taking money from other people. And when you look this good, and I bet people, because all these women, they love this. They love the tall guy with the nice hair and the traditional douche face. I mean, tell me you haven't seen a traditional douche face like this in your whole life. Like, if you were going to write a movie about the Harvard rowing douche, you, you, it's like you want to talk about living in a simulation. If you were to sit down with, like, a stenographer and you were trying to envision what the people of the Harvard rowing team would look like, you would end up coming up with this guy. Maybe maybe a, like a slightly simmer, slimmer build, but you would basically just come up with this guy. And I bet their whole lives, women are just walking up to the Winklevoss butt, butt fuckers and going, hey, here's my vagina. I would like for you to have my vagina. Why don't you take a break from smashing each other's assholes and you can have my vagina? And they would look at each other and go, you know what? You take this one. They'd be like, nah, you take this one. I had my turn in your butt yesterday. Why don't you have this one? And that's what happens. You spend your whole life tall with the hair and women just saying, hey, take my vagina. And then you just think you're entitled to other people's money. So if we want to not live in a world where twin twin butt-fucking brothers create online platforms where they just take your money by saying, hey, why don't you click a button and earn some interest, and then they give that money to other people, and then uh, well, and then Sam Bankman freed. I guess that kid was doing too much Adderall. He was tied into it, but I don't blame Sam Bankman freed because I never gave Sam Bankman freed my money, so I'm not as upset about it. All right, we got a couple more topics, and then that's our episode. Oh, speaking of uh, CEOs, BlackRock CEO think the world needs to get back its moral compass, and of course, he'll sell that to you. You know, for just a couple trillion dollars going into the asset funds that he can allocate into uh, what they're no longer calling ESG scores. But, you know, if, if, if he'll, he'll sell you back the moral compass. 
All right, we've got two more topics. Uh, this was the Saudi crown prince snubbed the U.S. Secretary of State by making him wait hours for meeting before postponing it, which I appreciate. I just anything you can do to piss off Blinken's a good time. I, I don't I don't know about the the policies. I don't know if this is good for world peace, but if you're out there and you're doing anything that pisses off Kirby or Blinken, I support it because I'm amused by it. All right. I think we got one more topic left. We can take a couple comments and that will be our episode um, based. Come up with more specific questions. Thanks for the advice, Robbie. There you go. There you go. You got good advice there. Have actionable, uh, uh, like if you're going to give advice to someone or you've got criticism or you want advice, get specific so that you can hone in on what's actually actionable. There you go, based. You ended up with some uh some some good advice there. Evil Fandago, I'd give Robbie my old fleshlight. That's very kind of you. Uh the crust is what makes it feel good. I'm glad Zuckerberg stole Facebook from the Twinkle Voss Bros. Exactly. Okay. And then uh Dave just letting us know, ooh vagina yuck. All right, so let's get into our last topic, which might become a new segment on the show. And, you know, I, I, we, we do this all the time where I say we're going to do a new segment and then it never happens. Um, but, you know, I was working with my friend Walter for a while. We were trying to do that thing, Teku, and then we realized we had no funds. We both had day jobs and we kind of got bored and moved on. Uh, now, that social platform idea, there were a bunch of different elements to it. But one of the things I was trying to figure out is uh, how we could get online debates going that could hone in, I guess, on arguments that you could then go to an argument and see very quick summaries on the different perspectives. And now as this Israel thing is uh, going all nuts and people get very upset with the the me's and the Dave's and they're going, you're just yelling at everyone, the moral outrages, you're not coming in with any solutions, you're just yelling that everybody's wrong all the time. Well, firstly, I already had a solution, which was to send Taylor Swift over there because she seems to have magical placating powers that everyone loves her for absolutely no reason that I can understand whatsoever. So maybe she just shows off her bright and shiny legs in the Middle East and everyone goes, you know what? It's worth living and not fighting with everybody else. And then she sings some song and then I, like I really said was you build a casino and you make her the attraction because they got great waterfront property or i had a different idea at the beginning of this episode but then you know youtube and the choppiness and nobody heard it but i was like why don't we try and tunnel into their tunnels if the whole thing is that hamas has got the tunnels on the ground why don't you tunnel into the tunnels and then uh just take them out underground and then you can leave all the buildings above ground in place with all the people in it go take out the tunnels seems to make sense to me i don't know how tunnels work but I, i'm just saying if you got all the talk about the tunnels why are you blowing up the buildings go get yourself into the tunnels all right also, well, we're going to get more into this, and I wanted to do this specifically at the end of the episode because, uh, listen, sometimes when I'm talking about how Biden's going to go up and down stairs to raise awareness for the Palestinian peoples, those are well-researched topics. And then you get other things where you're just talking out loud, you're putting it out there, you're letting people know that they can email you at robsnewsroom at gmail.com, you'll read the emails, you're trying to create a dialogue and seeing uh, what people can come up with and flushing out your own ideas. Anyways, as I build out this new platform with uh, Andrew, I would like to create uh, destinations where, you know, people can chime in on the issues, but uh, and maybe come in with the sources. So like that there's a bit of a uh, um, 
a dialogue beyond the show because sometimes you guys are really smart. Sometimes you guys have sources I'm not aware of, and it's helpful, um, you know, after a show to be able to engage and go, oh, wow, here's a lot of information on this topic that I didn't quite have. One of the things I'd really like to hone in on, though, is kind of uh, seeing both sides of the arguments when you see particular spin. Like, so, for example, remember when during COVID they kept saying this thing is safe and effective? That was a big thing. Hey, it's safe and effective. When we dug in and we kind of went, well, safe and effective is a marketing term that the FDA uses. The inverse of that is when they go, has no known human benefits or whatever. And then like whatever process got them to that title is like a magic box that's get ignored. And then when you start looking at it and you're asking, them, well, it's it's been labeled safe and effective. It's like, I mean, this actually, it's a good example of the concept, even though it turned out to not be true. Uh, but at one point they said that like McDonald's was, had created a company called hundred percent beef that it was buying its beef from. And so the beef wasn't hundred percent beef, but they were able to use the title hundred percent beef because they were buying it from the hundred percent beef company that turned out not to be true. I brought that up on Ari Shafir show like five years ago. It was one of like those random facts, like being on the boat thing. And then we snoped in and it turned out not to be true, but does display the marketing that I'm telling you guys about in the legal terms of like, once you get the technical title, you can roll with the technical title. And so the FDA had their technical title of safe and effective. All right, we're fucking going all chaotically in circles as we come towards the end of the episode here. So let's hone back in on the actual point I'm trying to make is that I would like to create an online dialogue space where we can actually argue about, uh, about, concepts being sold to us in the media and see what we think of the philosophy and ideas. All right, let's get more specific because this sounds, uh, it sounds like I'm not even making sense to me. So one of the big things that we've been hearing is about Hamas uses people as human shields. Um, and I was just starting to give this some thought. And like I said, I'm talking out loud, stirring up a conversation here, and maybe we can continue this conversation. Uh, and so I was starting to think about it a little bit more from the Israel perspective and that like if I were to think of something actionable, I would think you got to create, you know, you have to give these people an opportunity for self-governance. If you don't want to govern them, you don't want to have these people implemented into your society uh, and you don't want to like it doesn't and you don't want to just have them in an open air prison, uh, which is other people's language to describe the situation in Gaza. I've never been there. I've never seen it. Well, then you probably need to create an opportunity for them to actually have their own self-governance. Now, you got an issue when you do have constant rocket fire. I have to look at the numbers. Now, maybe I'm being, uh, you know, one of these liberal pundits, constant rocket fire. How are they supposed to exist with constant rocket fire? I don't know the numbers here. I don't know how often there's rocket fire. But there is this, like, cartoonish uh, perspective of Palestinians that the same way, I might have mentioned in the last show, the same way, like, you, you know, you give a, a fork to a baby and now you're nervous how is this baby going to use this fork to kill itself? Or you, you, you put the kid by the socket. You put the, you, you got to watch a baby because anything you put into its hands, it might just take and shove into its eyeballs. And it seems like there's this idea with the Palestinian people that they feel the exact same, like it's like anything they get their hands on, they'll use to kill Jews. You have water pipes, they'll dig up the water pipes and they'll start filling in and turning that into missiles. You give them a steel pipe, now they got something, uh, hell, if there's rocks there, they can throw the rocks. There's kind of, and so the Israeli argument, seemingly, 
is if we allow these people to have statehood, they'll acquire more resources, and then they'll have more items by which they can use to kill us. And so we have to constrain their ability to get their hands on uh, items because any items that they get their hands on might be used to kill us, right? Uh, and it's like both sides have this kind of circular thing going on where the Israelis go, listen, we'd love to work with these people, but they're going to be violent towards us. And then you get the uh, Palestinians going, um, how can we be less violent towards them? Look at the way they treat us. But like, what's actionable? How do you actually move forward? And so to me, it's like you got it. Like you don't really have an option other than to try and give the people self-governance. But then you end up with the same problem as what happens if they blow it? What happens? And you might even argue, some people might even argue that they did and that they were given the self-governance and then they voted for Hamas, which is the Palestinian, uh, which is the, uh, um, which is a, you know, terrorist organization. And so they blew their opportunity at self-governance. Now, I would think you have to actually incentivize these people to work with you a little bit more, give them, give them a little bit more land, give them a little bit more opportunity, but I don't know all the history of this. You might go, listen, they had those uh, greenhouses and they burned them. They uprooted them. They had an opportunity. They have beachfront property here. And they went ahead and they voted in for uh, for Hamas, which, and then you might go, well, the Israelis, they started Hamas. They were trying to get them to do the Hamas thing. They never wanted these people to actually establish themselves and have a better future. They, they, they were working with Hamas so that they would vote for Hamas. And so then they could turn around and go, listen, these people, they just vote for terrorists. All right. So once again, we're going in circles. Uh, and I don't necessarily, you know, we're, 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 uh, I haven't fully dug into this topic, but this is the specific thing that I was thinking about. And I'm curious your guys' thought. You can email me robsnewsroom at gmail.com. So the Israelis somewhat take the approach of, we would prefer to engage with these people in a more traditional military way, but because of Hamas's disregard for human life and their use of people as human shields, uh, we have no choice but to end up uh, killing civilians and they're at fault for it because of their usage of civilians as human shields. Is that the fairest way to pose the Israeli argument? I'm doing my best here, trying to strong arm. Uh, It almost sounds similar to me with, you know, these people that sit in the middle of the road. You get these uh, climate protesters and they sit in the middle of the road. Now, do I think that climate protesters should be killed for climate protesting? Of course not. But do I think that a person should just be able to block the highway and sit in the middle of the road? Also not. And I think you kind of have to make a determination of how do we treat this situation? If a guy walks into the middle of the road and he decides to sit in the middle of the highway, can you hit him? Yes or no? I say yes. You know why I say yes? Because I think the first person gets hit from sitting there and you let them know if you sit in the middle of the road, you're basically self-suiciding because this is a road and people have a right to hit you, and that's the end of it. Now, if I was personally driving in my car and you got one of these protesters who walked into the middle of the road, would I decide to hit them? Probably not. I'd probably stop my car. I'd probably try and pull them to the side of the road. I don't think I'd feel comfortable, even if you told me it was legal, to just go mow through the guy as if you were a bowling ball and that was a pin. I probably still wouldn't feel comfortable doing so. But the point I'm trying to make is it makes sense to me to go, if you get into the middle of the road, a highway, and you decide to sit there and disrupt traffic, 
you are you are not allowed to do so and people are allowed to hit you that makes sense to me because then someone would never do it right and so i think what the israelis are are, are almost hoping for is that in saying hey you can't use human shields because then we can't fight with you and so if you use human shields you are responsible for it and i think the thought is well then maybe these people will stop using the human shields now what's not fair about my comparison here is that if a person decides to sit in the road to block traffic, they've made the decision to sit in the road. That's a lot different than, let's say, someone were to, uh, you know, anchor you into the highway. Would someone then have permission to hit you? Of course not. Uh, if they were to see you and they see that you anchored in there, now, but that even that, I guess, becomes a problem because if I'm the guy driving my car and I see a person anchored into the road, how am I supposed to know that that's not a person who's trying to uh, protest traffic as opposed to be anchored to the road, which then might lead you to believe, okay, that's why you can't just hit the people or put into the highway because someone might have actually uh, put him into the highway. You see, this is why it's worth talking out loud. You start, uh, you start seeing, seeing, seeing holes in the thing. Uh, the problem to me of the human shield argument is that, for one, it's different than the highway thing because uh, people can force you to be in the highway, so it doesn't necessarily prevent the behavior, particularly if it's evil people that are going to put you into the highway or you're dealing with terrorists, then you kind of know that the terrorists are going to continue to be evil. And so you could say it's the fault of the terrorist, but the terrorist, we know that the terrorist, to be, we know that the terrorist is evil. So I guess you could say that the terrorist has already killed the person when it put it in front of me, when I said, hey, if that's here, I'm going to hit it. And so therefore, I, I guess you could, that, that's an interesting way to put it. That's an interesting way to put it, everybody, as I talk out loud here, that if I say anything put into the highway will be hit and someone else comes and they put something into the highway, so then they are responsible for it. So I guess that's kind of the way Israel's trying to operate is to go, if you put the, if you put people here, they will be hit, and so you are responsible because they will be hit. I think the issue with it, to me, is that it gives uh, a little bit too much room to go, hey, that other person is just at fault for this. It's like once you create the technical category of human shield, it seems ripe for abuse to then just dismiss people as being the deaths on the other, on the, uh, on the other side's hands. Anyways, those were the thoughts kind of floating around in my brain, uh, particularly uh, in regards to the usage of it's okay to engage in the deaths of civilians because it's the other side's fault and them putting them forward as human shields. And we have no choice because we need to engage with these other people uh, militarily and they're not allowing us to do so because of the usage of human shields. I think that there is uh, an issue with that argument and that it seems ripe for abuse and that once you kind of label the civilians as being uh, the fault of the other side, it seems to me like you can just be bombing buildings or, or otherwise. Um, and there you go. Like I said, you think we're going to be solving uh, peace in the Middle East in a single episode? Probably not. But anyways, you know, people are yelling, hey, we're the solution. So sharing my thoughts, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Platform improvements coming soon so that we can have more dialogue about these things. Uh, maybe you like me thinking out loud. Maybe you don't. But that's why we do it at the end of the episode so that you can stop listening by the time we get to the meandering point. Uh, all right. Like I said, Europe this weekend going to be a fucking party. Come hang out with us. And um, that's it. We did it. Episode's over.
thought it was going to be a 20 minute episode turned into a 50 minute episode. That's why I just start going live every day and talking out loud.